0: Hello and welcome to Bible 101. Please enjoy our Bible 101 series as we explore Genesis through Revelation. Also listen to our roundtable discussions as myself, Greg Ross, and Eric Feeman talk about the major theological discussions of the Bible. Also enjoy some of our interviews and apostolic apologetics series. We thank you so much for listening. Please let us know what you think by emailing BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. That's B-I-B-L-E-T-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E-29 at gmail.com and also leave a comment to let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Bible 101. Today we have a special guest. Brother Greg Ross is going to be teaching us a Bible study. Brother Ross, before you begin, can you just introduce yourself?
1: Thank you, Brother Mills, for allowing me to be here today. I feel honored and uh, humbled that I would be asked to uh, do this, but uh, I enjoy teaching the Word of God, and uh, I will say right at the beginning before I say anything else, I want to thank Brother Jordan Mills for all the work, efforts, and prayers he puts into this this podcast Bible 101 uh, I have got to listen to most of them but not all of them so got, got some more to listen to so so first of all just thank you brother Mills for the opportunity um, my name is Greg Ross and uh, I'll just so you know I'm 63 years old when I was uh, in my early 20s um, I was on drugs I was on alcohol somebody invited to me invited me to an old-fashioned Apostolic Church. And uh, the man of God preached a plan of salvation to me. And it wasn't too long before I was in the altar repenting of my sins. And the man of God baptized me in Jesus' name. And I was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. That was 41 years ago. And God has been good to me. Early on in uh, my walk with God, I, I, I was consumed with the Word of God. I would go in my bedroom. I still lived with my mom and my stepdad at that time and I would study the Word of God. If I was going to live this thing, I wanted to know what it was all about. And so early on, I would, I would take notes. I still have notes to this day that I took 41 years ago. And I'd like to start out a Bible study today. And, um, and Brother Mills on his second lesson, if you if you've went through some of those, mentioned some of the things I'm going to talk about today. But I'd like to take it from maybe a little different um, uh, perspective. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and um, I don't know if one person's going to hear this or a million people's going to hear this, but uh, I, I just, I'm going to say a word of prayer here in a minute, in a minute. I, I just hope and pray that this this will be a blessing to all that would hear. I know the time that I've spent in, in, in prayer and study of this has been a blessing to me. So let's read our scripture text first. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. One more verse of scripture, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth let's pray lord jesus we need the mind of the holy ghost today we pray god that through in the next little while while we spend here in the word of god that you direct our thoughts you direct our words we pray god that it would be a blessing to someone that would hear in the days maybe the weeks and months to come we pray god that you help us i cannot do anything without you lord we pray that the anointing of the holy ghost would be upon us today lord and help us today in jesus name praise god I'm going to be talking today about a subject of creation. I guess we, could, we could say creation versus evolution and uh, I will say up front this a lot of times when someone uh, hears, hears the, the, those words creation versus evolution immediately someone would say oh well you're, you're, you mean you're going to have a discussion about the Bible versus science. No this is not about the Bible versus science. It's not about faith versus science. It's about, it's about origins. It's about origins how many how many of you out there <clears throat> and I, I, I know I have and I suspect many of you have perhaps when you were younger you would go out at nighttime on a warm summer evening and you would look up into the sky and you would see you would see the stars that would stand out there and maybe you saw the moon uh, coming up over ho- the horizon there and I don't know about you but I've done that and I've looked up and I said, where did we come from? How did how did all this happen? How what's this all about? What's my purpose in being here? And when I think about that, I think about what David said in the Book of Psalms, verses three and four. He said, and and you think about David being a shepherd out on the out on the out on the fields and, and the pastures that tending attending, attending uh, the sheep. And one day he was out there praying and and writing songs. And he looked up and he said, When I consider the thy heavens. The works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him. God is awesome in his creation. <clears throat> now I'm going, I, I, I'm going to go back a little bit and talk about how I was not raised in church. I wasn't, I, 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 our family, I, you know, I grew up in the 60s and early 70s as a, as a child. Our family didn't go to church as a family. And uh, so, but there was mom and dad, me and my brother, and uh I knew about church, and there was a Bible in our home. I had an aunt when I stayed with her. She would take me to her her Baptist Sunday school and I, I learned that there was a God. I learned that there uh, was a Bible. Uh, I went to vacation Bible school in our local our local little town there. I learned about Jesus dying on the cross, and so I had this this basic knowledge and, and that was about it that 's about all I knew. And uh, <clears throat> but all of us, all of us, from, from very early on, our earliest memories, we are indoctrinated in the public, the government public schools, on TV and movies, uh, in, in the zoos and in the museums and magazine articles and National Geographic, that there's this process of evolution. So so when I was, when i was uh, growing up and learning a little bit about god a little bit that there the, the bible and about jesus i was also being indoctrinated with this this subject of evolution now uh, i was in my early 20s when when god uh, delivered me from drugs and alcohol and I obeyed the i obeyed the plan of salvation found there in acts chapter 2 verse 38 but even early on, I still had this evolution stuff in my, my head. Now, I, I believed the Bible. Uh, I studied it. I read it. I, I began to learn to, to quote it. I'm not bragging on myself or tooting my own horn, but that's just the way it was for me. And uh, But I will be honest today to say all along through all of this, I had these these doubts that would come up from time to time trying to fit in this evolutionary process because because I had been taught this from a from a young child and I'd heard this and I, I read it in magazines and then I would read the Bible about the creation story and I had I had these doubts in my mind trying to fit all of this in and so in my mind all along the way uh, I would I, you know there there's this uh, I'm not going to get in all these theistic evolution and gap theory and, and all of that but uh, uh that was out there, and all of the, all of that is is trying to trying to fit fallible man's uh, evolutionary theory into the word of God. It doesn't work, and I'll I'll talk about that as time goes on. But it's, I believe the Bible, and I had I had these doubts in my mind, and I'll be honest, I can't I can't say the exact day and the exact same uh, the time that all of this happened. But to me, to me, for me, one day. It, it was it was almost like it was almost like the revelation of one God, and that's that's another lesson for another time, perhaps. But it dawned on me one day that I was confused about this, and I, I was trying to fit it all in. And uh, it dawned on me: the Word of God says God is not the author of confusion, and uh, I had to admit that I was confused about these things. And so I I prayed and I studied, and I, I said, God. If you're not the author of confusion, why am I confused about this? Now I've I've said this phrase many times. You can hear a lie a thousand times and the truth once, which one are you most likely to believe? You're most likely to believe the lie. And and then and then when you hear the truth it's it's kind of like suspect, you know, but uh, it, it dawned on me that God is not the author of confusion and so if I had confusion where did the confusion come from it come from the devil because the Bible says that the devil is a liar Jesus said he was the father of lies and uh, having said that I'd like for you to turn to the the book of Genesis and uh, in in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and this was shortly after the creation of all things the creation of the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, in uh, chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said Ye shall not. Eat, eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. Verse four. Listen to this. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. A little subtle sentence there to cause confusion and doubt in the in the mind of the woman Eve. There, and so so if there's one thing the devil's going to try to do, and he's still doing it to this day, is he wants you to doubt the very Word of God. Because if He can get you to doubt the Word of God, any, any passage of it, any verse of it, any story of it, then you'll begin to doubt the rest of the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you today that God's Word is true. From And we can believe it from the very first verse, when God said He created the heaven and the earth. It's true. It wasn't an evolutionary process. And so today, when we, when we talk about when we talk about creation versus evolution it's it's really about the discussion of worldviews and your presuppositions and uh, a lot of times when people want to hear a creationist or an evolutionary uh, person speak they want to say well who's got the best facts who's got the best evidence well well look here's here's the thing it's it's not the best facts and the best evidence everyone has the same facts Everyone has the same evidence. everybody has the same planet Earth. everybody has the same rocks, the same fossils, the same dinosaur fossils, the same plants, the same diversity of, of life and animals all over the face of this globe. everybody is looking at the same thing. so, so what's different? What's different is a starting point of our beliefs, our presuppositions. And so and so uh, it's not a, it's not a subject of... Well, this fact proves evolution, this fact proves creation. It's your starting point of your beliefs. So which which view, which view is being used uh, to determine uh, the outcome or the interpretation of the fact? So it's the interpretation of the rocks, it's the interpretation of the fossils based on presuppositions, your beginning thought process, if I could say it that way. Uh, Let's use this little illustration. uh, let's let's say we let's say we have someone here that has never really seen an elephant before, never never seen a picture of an elephant before, and I am standing directly in front of that elephant, and I'm going to give a description of what I see, and uh, I will begin to describe what the elephant looks like <clears throat> to the person. Well. Brother Mills is here with me, and let's say he's on the other side of the elephant. He's going to see things a little bit different than what I see. And so when he begins to describe the elephant, it's going to sound a little different than the description that I give. And so what's different? It depends on the starting point. It depends on which view that you have. Now, now here's, here's something, too. Uh, how, how many of you here, either by accident or maybe maybe just for the fun of it, have you ever put on anybody else's glasses? <laughs> have you ever put on anybody else's glasses? And uh, usually, usually when that happens, someone will put on the glasses, their head jumps back and it's like, whoa, like, how do you see out of these things? And uh, uh, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, some kind of weird eye disease. The, the optometrists call it anisocoria. And I guess I can use the old go learn what that means. But basically I have, I have one farsighted eye and I have one nearsighted eye. So the lenses on my glasses are quite different. And so if I'm looking in the distance, I can close one eye and see it pretty good. But if I close the other eye, it's everything's a blur. Same with reading up close. I can close one eye and and read pretty good, and and the other eye is is nothing but a blur. So oftentimes, uh, sometimes if if I'll say, hey, look through my glasses, and someone looks through my glasses, they immediately jump back and say, whoa, how do you see out of those things? And uh, but I'll say, well, close one of your eyes and then close the other, eye, and they'll say, oh, I can see out of that one, where I could, uh, but I can't see out of the other one. And so, <clears throat> so having having said that little little illustration there, uh, we can look at the same world, we can look at the same facts, and you do it through different lenses. You can do it through different glasses, if if I might say. Now, now evolution, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna. Be very, very straight up. Evolution, you know, people talk about the theory of evolution. I'm, I'll, I'll tell you this evolution, it's not a theory, it's not a fact. It's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. I'm not even going to give it any credence to even call it a theory. It's a lie from the devil. Why? Because evolution causes doubt concerning the Word of God. I had some time in my early walk with God that I had confusion. I had doubt about the Word of God and the creation of God. Why? Because I had heard the lie of evolution. Evolution has caused a lot of people to lose out on their faith. Evolution uh, has caused a lot of people to become atheists. Evolution, and here's the thing, evolution starts out with, well, we don't want to believe the Bible, and we don't want to believe that there's a God, so we we have our own uh, presupposition. We have our own uh, theory, they call it, it's a lie from the devil, uh, and and we could put it in a nutshell, you've heard all of this, uh, and, and there's, there, there's biological evolution, there's geological evolution, there's... Uh, uh, as, as astronomy for evolution, but it's basically saying that there is a big bang, there was nothing, a pinpoint exploded uh, billions of years, uh, somehow a, a molten rock the size of Earth comes to our sun, uh, and and forms and somehow water gets on it and somehow chemicals form and somehow molecules form and from and and from the molecules they organize and poof life begins and uh, if an evolutionary is listening to that he's probably pretty mad at me for putting it that way but and I don't really care because God's word is true and the devil is a liar but that is evolution in a nutshell uh it's it's the old it's the it's the uh you know molecules to man and they believe that there was this primordial soup of chemicals and molecules that somehow got together this goo this goo to you kind of thought process this primordial soup and it starts out with a it starts out with no god we don't want to believe in god and and i'm going to read romans chapter one why don't they want to believe in god because because if they acknowledge the fact that there's a God, then they're going to have to be responsible and accountable to that God. <clears throat> so, so, and I'm turning my scriptures here, so bear with me. Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to read a few verses here, so so, stick with me. If you, if you have the opportunity to uh, get your Bibles and follow along with me, you want to take a few notes, that would be a, a good thing. Now, if you're driving, don't do that. Okay, just kidding, just kidding. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from what? The creation of the world are clearly seen. Just look around. Just look around. Uh, what an amazing, beautiful world we live in. And the fact that we can, we can admire things and have a concept of beauty is, is, a, is a testimony to the fact that there is a God in creation. and The fact that we can have a logical discussion. There can be no logic except there be no God. And uh, so, from the creation of the world are clearly seeing, uh, verse 20, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into what? A lie, the Bible says, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. Who is blessed forever, Amen. Verse 26. For this cause, <clears throat> for this cause, God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And also in verse and verse, tw- verse twenty seven, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that that, that recompense of their area which was met. And verse twenty eight, listen. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they did not want to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Praise God. They don't want to start with a presupposition or a belief that there's a God. Why? Because they'll have to be responsible. They'll have to be accountable. And they don't want that. Now, here's an interesting thing. All life has DNA and RNA. DNA is basically the information, the blueprint. What makes that particular entity of life what it is? Uh, there's DNA for all the different types of plant life and animal life all over the world. Molecules, molecules, and chemicals do not form DNA by themselves. By the way, and uh, I'd be willing to uh, <clears throat> do this for an evolutionist today. Let's say we have Mr. Bullfrog here today. And uh, he's alive and well, and he's he's uh, he's he's got everything you know that he needs to be a good bullfrog. And we're going to take Mr. Bullfrog, and we're going to put him in a blender, <clears throat> and we're going to put the blender on high. Be sure to put the lid on, and we're going to we're going to run that blender on high for several minutes, and uh, and then we're going to get done, and then we're going to look at Mr. Bullfrog. He doesn't look quite the same anymore, but you talk about a perfect primordial soup. Everything that can make life is in that, in that primordial soup of a bullfrog. The DNA is there. The cellular st- structure is all there. The, the eyes, the heart, the lungs, the legs, it's all there in that primordial soup. But you can take that and you can heat it up. You can zap it with electrodes. You can zap it with lightning. You can freeze it. You can do whatever thing you want to to that primordial soup, and you'll never get life out of that. It did have life. Why? Because it, was, it had the structure. It had the structure of what it was supposed to have life. How, how are things uh, generally, you know, something that has life? If a mosquito lands on your hand and you swat it, and uh, he's dead, what did you do? Uh, you, restructured his, <laughs> you restructured his life. We restructured the bulldog. His structure's not what it's supposed to be to bring life, and that kind of refers back to Brother Eric Feeman's lesson of a week or so ago. You might want to listen to that about structure. Anyway, uh, and, so, and so a primordial soup, you can have everything you need to make life, but it's God who gives life. Praise God. Uh, an evolutionist wants to, wants to throw a tadpole in a bathtub and come back a million, a million years later and see a man reading the newspaper. It doesn't happen that way. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And so, so we have this evolutionary uh, presupposition, and, uh, and, and it's a lie. It's a bucket that doesn't hold water. And then we have the presupposition of the Word of God, creation, creation. I want to read a couple of verses of scripture here. I'm going to reread the one we read at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Notice, if you will, before we go any farther, the very first words of the word of God says, In the beginning God. It doesn't It doesn't make an attempt to... To describe this God or tell where he came from, it just makes a flat out statement that there is a God and that, that he exists. And what did he do? He created everything that we see, everything that we experience on this life and we see in the universe. It was all created by God. Psalm, uh, Psalm 33. And uh, I'm turning there. So if you hear a pause, that's, that's why. Psalm 33. And <clears throat> excuse me. Psalm 30, Psalm 33 in verse uh, 6 through 9 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and the host of them by the breath of His mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear, fear the Lord. All the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spake, and it was done. When God speaks, it's done. And He commanded, and it stood fast. And we're not going to take the time to read the entire account of, uh, <clears throat> of the creation in Genesis chapter 1 and into verse 2. Uh, that will be your homework. If you're listening to this lesson, get out the Word of God and read uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3. And uh, also, I would like to read Revelation chapter 4, another great verse of Scripture there. And, and we, on the, a lesson like this, in all honesty, we could spend a, a lot of time just reading verse after verse. Uh, of scripture uh, about what the Bible has to say of God being the creator but in, in Revelation 4 and 11, Thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For Thou hast created all things, praise God, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Uh, I believe there are some <clears throat> foundational truths and uh, from these foundational truths the rest of the word of God can be built upon. Uh, I would say that the first foundational truth that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11 is the fact that there is a God. It's a foundational truth. And if you start with that truth, and, uh, we, and, and through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. There is a God, <clears throat> number one, excuse me. <clears throat> there is a God, and he is the creator and um, <clears throat> so we, and, and, and we look around at the world we live in today, and we see a very diverse, and, and life is so intricate and so complex, and we could talk about uh, irreducible, irreducible complexity and, and all, all that, that sort of thing. But I wanted the focus today to be here on the word of God, and to realize that evolution is a lie. Look at the world around you. Amen. When you go out, if it's a sunny day, go out and look at the blue sky and the, and the trees and the green grass and the birds flying through the air, and 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 you go back to the Word of God and say, "Wow, God created that." And and I can, you can and you can read and see which day He did did whatever creation He did—the beasts of the field, the whales, the uh, the, the marine life, all that—and you see all that ar- at around you. Look, molecules molecules don't don't make life. It, it's just it's just it's the you know there has to be. Let, let me let me let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Let me give you two two thought processes, two two presuppositions on how houses and buildings get built. One presupposition would be, um, I believe I believe when you see a building or a house that uh, tornadoes build houses, tornadoes build buildings. And so when you when you drive by a beautiful house and you say. Wow, look what the tornado did. The tornado went through the brickyard. The tornado went through the lows and picked up all the necessary ingredients to build that beautiful house, and it set... And the and the tornado set down on that field there, pulled away, and all the shingles and all the foundation and all the block and all the carpet and all the paint came together to create this beautiful house. Now you can have that presupposition, <clears throat> and somebody would say, "Well, that's foolish. That's stupid." Right, <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about. Evolution. That's foolish. That's stupid to believe that a beautifully designed uh, building would have would take place by accident. It. It has, or the other presupposition, we can look at a house or building and say, "Look what that architect did. He he had this in his mind, and he took and he created a blueprint, and he began to make this house come into fruition." And so, and so we we look at evolutions and we say, "Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, that didn't happen. And how 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 do you have all the?" all the different types of diversity of life all over the planet, from the smallest insects to, to amoebas to, to giraffes and well, I mean, all the intricate life. And not only that, there's a whole different subject of talking about uh, how all this created with male and female all along the way too. That's another uh, something to, for you to think about. But I want to encourage you today. Take, take confidence in the Word of God. When it says that God created, mark it down, God created it. And, and also some foundational truths. I'm not going to take the time to mention all of them, but we, we read about Adam and Eve and the fall, and, uh, and sin entered in and changed the entire world from that point on to today. And, uh, and it also gave us a, the promise of a redeemer. And that is a, that is a foundational truth. Sometimes people will look at the world and say, why do we have wars? Why do we have uh, disease and sickness? Why do people die? It goes back. It put put your glasses on. Put your Bible glasses on and, and look and see. Oh, I, I understand now. I can go back to Gen- Genesis chapter 3. I see the fall of mankind. It entered in disease and death and destruction and war and all the, the bad things that we see today. But remembering all that, God's got a promise. He's got a promise. And he fulfilled that promise in Jesus Christ. Amen. He was and the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, the, and His ascension into heaven and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, when you read the Word of God, then look around and you say, wow, it's just like the Bible says. Don't have time to go into a long discussion on, on the flood. I uh, encourage you to read that and uh, Noah's Ark and all that. Uh, <clears throat> and and when, you, when you read the Word of God, th- for the, the flood, for, ex- for example, if, if there was a truly worldwide flood, what would we expect to see around the world? We would see evidence of, of uh, we, we, would see, we would see billions of dead things buried uh, throughout the world in different strata all over the world. What do we see? We see billions of dead things buried in different strata all around the world. Did you know that there's marine, marine life fossils in some of the highest mountains in the world? Wow, put my Bible glasses on. That's what the Bible says. That, that, that makes sense. The confusion is gone. And uh, any time there's confusion, it's not coming from God. It's coming from the devil. And you need to get back to the Word of God, and everything will come right back into focus again. Praise God. And so, and so look, at the, look at the world through the lens of the Word of God. Praise God. Things will become, they will begin to be very clear and come into focus. I wrote this down. If foundational truths become simply fairy tales and allegories with a moral to the story, then everything in the Bible will become a fairy tale. If you will begin to doubt that God created and and that, well, maybe the evolutions are right because, you know, they're, they have PhDs and they have, they have, you know, they're scientists and they study all this stuff. Well, First of all, I would say you you can search this stuff out. There there are multitudes of of, of high degree scientists that believe in the creation account of the Word of God. In fact, um, as I'm thinking here, I'm forgetting his name. He he was the inventor of the MRI, the mag, uh, magnetic re- resonance uh, imaging that uh, they use to, to detect cancer in people. He's a he's a creationist. He believes the Word of God that God is the creator. Just just for one example. And also, by the way, uh, there there is no end of material uh, sources out there for all, everything we're talking about today. There's multitude books, magazines. There's sources online that you can you can search this stuff out. And uh, and so so we're you know this this could be a series of lessons that could go on week after week after week. So the little bit of time I had this with this today. I wanted to reassure you that the word of God is true and it's right, that evolution is a lie. I'm not you know, we don't need to we need don't need to beat around the bush about that. God's word is true, the devil's a liar, and his his doctrines are a lie. And so if if the devil knows if we will begin to doubt the creation story, if we will begin to look at Adam and Eve as simply as simply an allegory, like an Aesop's fairy tales with a moral to the story then He can get you to doubt that there was a virgin birth. He will get you to doubt that uh, God manifest in the flesh came to earth as a man and died and buried in resurrection. We will begin to doubt the resurrection. We will begin to doubt that the gift of the Holy Ghost. We will begin to doubt the coming of the Lord. How important it is! it? Very important. God's Word is true. Praise God. I could go on a lot longer with this, and and I've got scriptures and notes for all that, but as I'm speaking here today, I feel the Lord. um, I feel His presence. I'd like to have a word of prayer together right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank You for Your Word today, God. I pray, God, that it becomes alive and real to each and every one of us, Lord, that, that hears this and takes the time to study it, Lord. God, your word is true. It's right, God. You have the words of eternal life, oh God. Where else can we go? Lord, today, help us to go out and, and begin to look at the world with a new appreciation of, the, of your creation, O oh, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful plan of salvation that you've given us, God. And we pray, God, that there would be any listening today, Lord, God, that we would encourage them to read in their Bibles, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for their mission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The greatest gift that you ever gave mankind, Lord, is available to us today. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here. And we pray, God, that the Word of God be planted in our hearts as good seed upon good ground. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this Bible 101 episode. Please leave a comment to let us know what you think. Also email BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. That is B-I-B-L-E T-T-A-B-E-R N-A-C-L-E 29 at gmail.com to leave us comments, questions, or maybe ideas for future episodes. Thank you so much for listening.